Agudvoch, Mitzvah Shabbos Kedis Parshas Bereshis. We're up to the mission of Kuzayin on the base. This entire parak is made up of two arguments of between Chanan uh, and uh, and his colleagues, and then seven arguments between um, Admin and his colleagues. So we learned already the first thing that that Chanan said, where Rabbi Yechiel Zakai agreed with him. And and Khanan said that if somebody goes overseas and the wife wants to have mezainus, she doesn't have to swear in order to get food. But when she collects a ksuba, she swears and she also swears that she never got any anything from her husband. And um, the Khamim argue, they hold the argue and they say that no, nope, you have to swear for um, the, the food as well. Next case, Mishnah. Somebody came along and stepped in without anybody asking, and he um, and he provided food for her. And then when the husband comes back, he goes to the husband to claim a reimbursement. Now, if, if he would have lent the money outright to the wife, and the wife has to pay him back, then the wife has every right to go to the husband and say, look, it's your obligation to take care of me, pay him back. But that's not what happened here. He was lending money to the husband who was not here, in absentia. Uh, and um, and now that the husband came back, he wants to get reimbursed. Chanan says, It's very nice of him. And the, the, the husband being mentioned, we paid him back, but legally you cannot force him. You lost your money. And why is that? We'll start explaining in a minute. And they say, He swears how much he spent and he gets reimbursed. agreed with. And Omar said, was right. It's as if he put his money on the horn of a deer, it ran away. We are up to Davkuf Zayin Ahmed Bayes. We just did the Mishnah. In a nutshell, what happened when somebody went overseas, somebody else stepped in and took care of his wife. And when he came back, he wanted to get reimbursed. Khanan said, Nope. You never ask the husband, you do it on your own, you don't get reimbursed. Even though the husband has an obligation and you took care of his obligation. Yet, and then Tracer explains that and other restraining, this is compared to a case called Mavriach Esari. If a lion comes threatening you and I uh, chase the lion away, I cannot ask you for reimbursement even though it will cost survival. Why is that? Because preventing you from having a loss is not the same thing as giving you something directly. I'm preventing you from having a loss from the lions, but I gave you nothing in return. Your, your field is the same today as it was yesterday. A loss might have happened. I prevented that from happening. Same thing here. That um, the, 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 um, if, if I, uh, true, you could have had a loss. You could have had to pay your wife uh, you know, to take care of her. I prevented that loss from happening, but I didn't give you anything. So therefore, I cannot get reimbursement. It's more like a grumble. When I give you something directly, you can, uh, you, can uh, you know, <clears throat> That's giving you, but if I'm causing you uh, a, a grum of cause, is not the same thing. So therefore, Chana says I cannot get reimbursement. The Chama say no, no difference. You could get reimbursement. That's how we learn pshat. That's how most Rishonim learn pshat. Rabbeinu Tam learns pshat that when it comes to you, no, everybody holds that if I let's say pay off your debts, it's it's um or I you know I take take certain things of you and I prevent you to have a loss, then the din is that um. Uh, what do you call that? I can get reimbursed from you. But over here in the case of the wife, who says she has to live on $100 a week? 
maybe she can scrounge and live on $10 a week. So the amount, maybe you can live on very little because, you know, eat a bit more frugally and eat um, yesterday's bread and so on and so forth. And that's why you cannot collect money from the husband. Anyhow, Gemara. So Tanahas, we learned in the Mishnah, let's say Shimon said, Reuben, I don't want you to have any pleasure from me. And then Rashi says, and the same thing happened in reverse. And Reuben said, I don't have any pleasure. So Shimon said to Reuben, I don't want you to have any pleasure from me. And Reuben said to Shimon, I don't want you to have any pleasure from me. The din is, we have to pay a machis a shekel every year, half a shekel. And that money goes into the coffers called the lishcha. And then three times a year, they do trumas halishcha. They take the money out before you to pay for the kabbalas. And um, we learned all about it. We learned about the leftovers, shiyari of this trumas halishcha or the leftovers of lishcha. I can pay your half a shekel. I can pay your half a shekel because I'm not giving you anything. I'm preventing you. I'm, I'm, I'm sparing you from having to pay. That's all. But I didn't give you anything. So therefore, you're not having any pleasure from me. Next, I can even pay off your loans. So you're not having any pleasure from me. I'm just preventing you from having a loss. If I find something that belongs to you, I'm your back to you because it's your item, not mine. I am spending time, you know, all the time and everything else and the effort to bring it back to you. That's a mitzvah. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for Hashem. But if they reward people for returning Avedis, then tipla no legdish. If the if the custom was that whoever you know whoever item it was reimburses you or gives for your time, in this case you're not allowed to take the money from Reuven either because you both made a nether against each other. So the money goes to Hegel's donation. So you want to ask like this: I understand why if I give the machzitz shekel on your behalf, I'm doing the mitzvah, and therefore I'm not giving. You're not benefiting. I'm, <clears throat> I'm not trying to benefit you at all. I'm just doing a mitzvah. And um, so you're not getting any hand off from it. You don't owe the money. It's just a mitzvah that you have to give Max the shekel. And if you don't, the way rationalism, if you don't give Max the shekel, you're still participating in all the kabbalists and everything else. How do I know that? It's not until we learn. Terming that the kainim can go ahead and give and take money out, Allah avud. The way Rashi learns is that money that was sent and, um, and it got lost somewhere on the way. And or Allah Gobi, money was collected but never came here. And money that will be collected and you never ever gave it, ever. Not today and not tomorrow. In all of these cases, Rashi holds that you actually have a, you're participating in the Kabbalists, which traces and other restraining find difficult to understand. If you don't donate to Master Shekel, why would you have a share in the Kabbalists? Nevertheless, you have a share in all the Kabbalists. So therefore, you have makes no difference to you if you gave the money, didn't give the money. So if I give the money on your behalf, I just you just did a mitzvah. Giving the money is just a mitzvah. So I did your mitzvah. There's no hana, you know, personal benefit from it. So even though I said I don't want you to have any benefit from me, I can pay off your machis shekel. I just did your mitzvah. Number two, umachze uh doesn't like Rashi Shad at all, he gives a little bit of different shot. Umachze I can return to you the lost object. Why? It's your object. So you're not having pleasure for me. What pleasure are you getting from me that I spent time and effort? That was mitzvah covered. It's also mitzvah. Mitzvah returning a lost object. How can I pay off your debts? I just spared you that you don't have to pay this money. So you have to pay $100 and I just pay the money for you. So I just saved you money. What do you mean you're having no benefit from me? Says the Gemara. This follows that says that if you paid out the food for you for his wife, the husband doesn't have to pay it back because he didn't have any benefit from you. 
<clears throat> he just uh, um, he spared him a, a loss. He spared his wife a loss, but he didn't have any benefit from you. Same thing here. So follow Hanan. Then even though I said to Reuben, I don't want you to have any benefit from me. If I'm paying off your loans, you're not getting directly any benefit from me. Fine. Domin even that if he, that this guy loses his money by paying out his wife, uh, this man's wife's food. Rava says, no, I feel I can say that even though the Rabbanan argue with uh, with Hanan in the Mishnah in the case of the wife, but in this case they would agree that you could pay off the debts. And why is that? We're talking about an interesting debt. We're not talking about a debt with a fixed timetable. Then according to the rabbis, I'm definitely benefiting you. You no longer have to pay. You had to pay within a certain time, a month, a year, and I paid it off for you. So of course you benefited, even though it's indirect. But you know what's talking about over here? He borrowed money, and the lender was such a very generous guy, and he said, you know what? Pay me when you have. In other words, if you, not, if you never have, you don't have to pay me at all. One day you'll have, you pay me money. So in that case, the Rabbanon agree, what benefit did this guy have by me paying off his loan? If he didn't have the money, he never has to pay it back. So therefore, it's as if he never received the benefit, and that's why it's permitted. Says the I understand why Rabbi doesn't follow Rabbi Yishya, even though the halach is like Hanun, but he wanted to learn like the Rabbanon could then the majority. Now the simple answer would be, because the halach is like Hanun. But the Gemara wants to say that Rabbi Isha maybe can come out according to everybody. So why didn't he answer that? Can I even work out according to Chachamim? Says the Gemara, you know why? Because I believe that according to Chachamim, in the case of paying off a loan, even in a loan which, has, which, you know, which is added for night and there's no date on that loan, the person is still getting a benefit. And according to the rabbis, if the person gets a benefit, you're not allowed to do it because you said, I don't want him to have any benefit. What benefit is he getting? You know what it is? Shame. He's embarrassed to walk into shul every time he sees the lender there. Even though the lender is such a nice guy, he says, you know, you pay me when you have. He still feels uncomfortable being in the presence. And you just spared me that discomfort. So I did gain from you. True, I'm not benefiting him by paying off his loan. Or because it doesn't have shame. Of course it's shame. So he has benefit. That that I took away, that shame that you normally would have. Next Mishnah. Now we're going to Admin, the seven things that Admin said. Admin, Admin says, Shiva, seven things. Number one, Mishimais, if somebody died, we learned before that the, the, only the sons of Yashin are not the daughters, but we also learned that if that you have to take care of the daughters, the Kazuchami have to take care of the daughters. If there's a lot of properties, the sons of Yashin and they take care of the daughters. If there are a few properties, the girls get, get everything, and the boys have to go shnor or get a job. So the mission says, Shiva, seven things. Misha makes like person died, Vinyak Bonnie, one of the sons and daughters. There's plenty of assets, the sons they inherit, and the girls they get provided for. Limited resources. The girl gets provided for, but the son should go knocking on doors. Comes along, Advan says, Bishvil Shani because I'm a male, I should lose out. In other words, if it wouldn't have been small assets, bigger assets, I'm going to have certain entitlements. And now because they're small, you're, you're cutting me out from the will altogether. It's not fair. I like the words of Advan. Says the Gemara, my comma, what exactly is Advan saying? What rights is he, entitlements is he talking about? 
אומר בעצם הבעיה, הרי כמה, בשביל שאני זוכר בקוז המייל ורולס בתוידה, and I would love to learn תוידה נשיבה ורקוילו, and therefore I should be taken care of, and if sanity, and now I'm losing out, because limited assets, you're tossing me out the door, you tell me to go שנור, you tell me to get a job. And only Rav says, when it comes to Yerusha, man da osig betoida hu diyorit, man da loy osig betoida diyorit, you tell me only somebody learns toida yashans, and if you don't learn toida, you don't yashan. In fact, we had a Gemara before, that you should not take away the Yerusha from a bad child and give it on to your good children, because you never know, the bad child might have wonderful children of his own. So, what's pshat? Elamor Rav, hachakam, this is what Avi meant to say, bishvil sh'ani zachar, as a male, the role of had there been ample assets, I would have inherited like a normal heir. And if Sadim now, because there's limited assets, I'm totally out of the world. It's not fair. Toysa said that Admin is not really arguing, because the fact is that's how the law is. Yes, little assets, Rabbana step in and intervene, and they say, give it to the girls. What he's saying here is what um, Admin is just making a, a comment. Like a sad comment that this is um, this is the consequence of this rule, but the rule still remains. We're up to the mission of Kuf Chesam is based the second mission on the paper. These are the rules of Ma'idim and Mixas. So Ma'idim Mixas generally the rule is that if uh, the general rule is if I come over you say you owe me hundred dollars and you deny it, you're called a Kaifer Hakol. That's it. You don't have to pay me. Then comes along and the Ramachma came along and introduced the idea of a Shvuas Heses. With the Rabbanon, you make a Shvuah that um, that you don't owe any money. Because we have a chazaka, ain adam toveya elim kenyashlo. Generally, a person doesn't come and demand from somebody else something unless there's some truth to it. Um, and then, on the other hand, we generally apelacha. If you say I owe you nothing, I don't have to pay you because chazaka ain adam meiz bifnei balchayim. If you were my benefactor, generally I don't have the chutzpah to say you never let me the money. But with rabbanon, you make a shul. But if you ask me for $100 and I say I only owe you $50, either because you only lent me $50 or because I already paid you back $50, I am moide b'miktas, partial admission, and you have to swear on the balance. And we learn out from a pasik by a, a shaymer. It says if you mind somebody's cow or something, a shaymer and then he says it was stolen, whatever it is, he has to swear, ki huze, which is a very strange lotion. I think Marabah Bakama in the page, Rambah Chama says, it, this Pasuk doesn't really belong by the laws of Shemim. It will take the Pasuk out and will put it somewhere else in the laws of lending. In Hebrew, Zeh, you could, it's like pointing a finger, Zeh, this. Who is like from a distance? So the Pasuk is saying, when do we say that you have to swear? If when you made a claim, and my response is, who and Zeh. Zeh means that, yes, I owe you some of the money. Who is regarding the rest of the claim? Baba Mice has never happened. I don't know you anything. That's called a maidah b'mixas, and you have to swear. Then we have a machlech in Shmuel and a b'chibarabu, an interesting machlechis. If I made two claims together, I said to you, you owe me wheat and you owe me barley. And you come back and you say, yes, barley, I owe you wheat. I don't know what you're talking about. How do we view two claims? Are they like two disparate claims? And therefore we'll say, well, Regarding the wheat, I completely deny it. I'm a kaifer hakel. I'm exempt. Regarding the barley, I'm totally admitting it. I just got to pay, and that's it. No sure. Or do we say we look at both claims as one large claim? And as one large claim, well, I'm asking you for the value of the wheat and the and the and the barley together, and you're only made on one of them. So it's a made of a mixes. Do we look at the the components of the claim? Do we look at the substance of the claim, or do we look at the quality of the claim, which is the value? And that's the machlekes.
whether that's called Maidim Mixus or not. And we'll see in the Gemara here. Another Machlekes goes even further is Ramagam Leel. And what happens if I ask you for wheat and you say wheat? How are we talking about? But I do owe you barley. Is that called a Maidim Mixus or not? And the value of the barley is less than what I'm asking from the wheat. Is that called a Maidim Mixus or not? No. Mashatan or whatever you I claimed, you, you're saying no. And, and what you're admitting to, I never claimed. So there's two different stories here. There's no Maidim Mixus. However, Gamil says, you have to swear you're a Maidim Mixus. Again, he looks at the quality, the value. The value. I'm asking you, even though I mentioned to you wheat, but I'm asking you for $100 worth of something. And you're responding $50 worth, even though you're talking about barley, not wheat at all. But the fact is, it's a Maidim Mixus. Okay, so these are the three steps Arguments these are two arguments that mixes into the general rule. What does that do with our Gemara? We'll see case number two. Case number two. I'm asking you for jugs of oil. So if you read the Mishnah the way the Mishnah reads, it sounds like I'm asking you for two things. I'm asking you for jugs and I'm asking you for oil. And you admitted empty jugs. So you deny the oil, but you admit it to the jug. This is like I'm asking you for two things. And you're admitting one and denying the other. Admin, um, Admin says, Admin says, because he admitted to part of the taina, he has to swear. And the mixes taina. This is this the, 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 there's no partial admission. You ask me for for um for drugs and oil, and I'm only answering on one another, I'm totally denying. There's no partial admission here. It seems from here, the Gemara now will compare this case to the case of wheat and barley. I'm asking for two things, wheat and barley. All you're admitting is the barley, potter, I am potter. Because on one of them you totally deny, and the other one you're totally admitting. There's no way to mix this. Potter means I don't have to swear. I got to pay you for the barley, but I have to swear. Says the Gemara, This is a question on Nachman in the name of Shmuel. Why? Because Nachman said in the name of Shmuel, if I ask you for wheat and I ask you for barley, it's one of them, that's called a maidim and mixes, and you're And here the Mishnah Rabbana say that it's not called maidim and mixes. So it's a question of Shmuel. So Rav went in defense. Of Shmuel, which is not common because usually they they argue with each other. The Toyanamida, you misunderstood the Mishnah. When he said Kade Shemin, he didn't mean to ask for jugs and oil. He said, I'm only asking for oil. You want to know how much oil? The equivalent amount that oil oil that goes into one barrel, five barrels, ten barrels. But what am I asking for? Merely oil. And what are you responding to? You're you're responding saying jugs. So I'm asking you one thing, and you're answering me something totally different. And that's why the Chachamim say, there's no way to mix this here. Because what you're claiming, I'm denying, and what I'm admitting, you never asked. Says the Gemari Hachim. So, my time with Admin. If so, what is the logic of Admin? What's the logic of Admin? Then why would Admin say it is Maidim Mixes? Now, true, Rabbi Gamliel says that's called Maidim Mixes, but the Halach is not like Rabbi Gamliel. The Halach is like Admin, so we want to make it work. Elam Rabba. Rabba says, I'll tell you what happened. Kuli Yalma. Everyone agrees. If he would have told him, if he would have used the words, 
full, 10 barrels full of oil is found in your pit. But obviously, what am I asking of mine is by you? What am I really asking for the oil? Because I'm telling you that the oil is sitting in the pit. And when I mention the jugs, I'm just telling you the quantity. So then obviously, Shemin could tell you, all I'm asking for is oil. I'm not asking for jugs. If I, I'm not asking for the jugs. What about Asoro Kade Shemin Malayim Yeshli? He says clearly these words. 10 barrels full of oil is sitting in your possession. Now, obviously, what am I asking? Shemin, Vikankanim, I'm asking for the oil and I'm asking for the jugs. Kipligi, you know, the argument of the Chachamim and Adman is how to interpret his words. He deleted, he omitted the word mole. He said 10 jugs of oil. He didn't say 10 jugs full of oil. He just said 10 jugs of oil. What did he mean with those words? Was he talking about a quantity or was he talking about jugs and oil together? And that's the argument here. Kipligi, he said to him, Asara Kadeshemen, Yes, I have 10 jugs of oil by you. Admon Omar Admon says, Yesh Beloshim Hazef. If you read carefully into his words, he's actually making uh, two claims. Kankan, he's asking for jugs. And because he's asking for jugs, I ask him for oil and jugs, and you're answering me jugs. So therefore, that's called Maidim uh, Mixes, because we follow Shmuel. But Rabbanon, Sarabon hold. If you read the words carefully, when he said 10 jugs of oil, he didn't use the word full. What he's saying is that how much oil is it? 10 jugs worth. But where? what am I really asking? Just the oil. The oil is sitting in your pit. So there's no way to mix this here. I'm asking for oil and you're admitting to jugs. Says Let me ask you a question. Now that the word mole is not missing in the mission, obviously the pshat you tell me right now is correct. Now what? That uh, the, the, the thing is, the argument is, if I'm only asking for oil, I'm asking oil and jugs. But it's clear, if I am asking for oil and jugs, there's no argument, and you're only admitting to jugs, that's called maiva mixes. If so, it's a support to Shmuel, but a question of Chibar Abba, because Chibar Abba says in such a case, it's not maiva mixes. Because you ask, it's like two separate um, uh, claims, oil and jugs, wheat and barley. And I admit to barley, so wheat I'm denying, and barley, I'm, it's a full admission. So let's let the Morris now says, leads into this question. At the time, the only reason is the aim of the because of barrels. There's barrels, then he would have to swear, it makes new language, isn't that a question on What did he say? If I asked you for wheat and barley, and you made it to one of them, Potter, you are Potter. So, and how is it going to learn the Mishnah? Because the Mishnah seems to say that everyone agrees. If I ask you for those two things, you admit to one, it's a major mixes. The argument is when I use the words 10 barrels of oil, did I mean the barrels as well as the oil or just the oil? Simarashi says the case of oil and jugs is very different than the case of wheat and barley. The wheat and barley are two separate claims, two disparate claims. This is wheat, this is barley. What's the connection? <laughs> so because there's two separate claims, one you deny, one you admit, Chibar Abba says there's no Maidib and Mixus. But when we talk about jugs and oil, they're, they're connected. They're, 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 you, you put oil in a jug. So they're, they're not two claims, they're one claim. So if I ask you for jugs and oil and you admit to the jugs, it's like you're admitting to a part claim. How do I know that? Because this is similar to a case of pomegranate and its and its peel. Nasa, it's like Kimishatano, he told me, he demanded the people say, I'm asking for pomegranates and and its uh, and what do you call it, and its peel. And, uh, and 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 it's like, in other words, it's like one case. So therefore, oil and jugs are very different. Khibarabha says, and that's why here 
it's called a Maidav Mitzvah. Says you want a mask or a vineyard, let me ask a question. What are you comparing? By a pomegranate, a pomegranate cannot exist without the peel. So of course it's one. Oil doesn't have to be in the jug. You can put oil in, in the pit, in the ground. So oil in a jug, even though you know many times oil sits in a jug, but doesn't have to be. So therefore, it's not really one claim. It's two separate claims. And therefore, if it's two separate claims and it admits to the jugs, why do you call major mixes? It's a question of Chibrava. Says the a masculine avina, a greenman, but likely possible, a pomegranate without a shell, lay minter, cannot exist. It will rot. A beshem and minter, but like a cannon. Oil does not require jugs. It can sit in the pit. Say, so you're right. We're going to learn a whole, we're going to learn as follows. That Abchibar Abbot clearly holds that if you make, if you ask for two things and you admit to one, that's not a major mixes. But our case was, I asked for two things, oil and jugs. But regarding the jugs, you have made a partial admission. I asked you for 10 jugs of oil. So I'm asking you for oil. I said 10 jugs of oil. According to the interpretation that I'm asking you for jugs and oil, you came back and said, what are you talking about? I don't know any oil. And jugs, I owe you five. So I am a made of a mixes on the jugs. I'm denying the oil. Says of Chibaram, even though to me that's not called Maidim and Mixes, two separate claims. But once I have to swear on the jugs, because I'm a Maidim Mixes, then we introduce a concept called Gilgul Shavuot, which we'll learn about Babutsi and Shavuot, which means I can roll, once you have to swear to me, I can roll on another Shavuot. I can add another Shavuot. You know, I say, you know what, you're, talking, you're swearing already about the jugs, swear to me about the oil. So even though generally it's not called Maidim Mixes, but over here, because he was a Maidim Mixes, because he admitted to some of the jugs, and not to others, Gilgul Shua. And the other opinion of mission is that he never asked about jugs. Because he didn't use the word mole, he's just asking about the oil. And therefore, I'm asking oil, you're answering jugs, two different things. Taking about the I have 10 jugs of oil by you, or 10 barrels of oil by you. Didn't use the word full. And according to Admon, I'm still asking for two things. The oil doesn't exist. But he's made it to the jugs. So why is it made to mix this? Two separate claims. Kankani nami. Chamisha islach le chamisha lesach. I only know you five. Admin noimir. Yet v'losh alosh kankani. Admin says that I'm asking you for oil and the jugs. Umiga dike mishtaba kankani. Once you have to swear the jugs, mishtaba nami ashem. And swear in the oil as well. Aide gilgu. This concept of gilgu shvur which we'll learn about Metziah in Avav, whether it's Mahatayra or Ramon. However, Rabbanon Sabi, Rabbanon hold, ain't Belashon Hazel Lashon Kankanim, because he didn't say the word full. He's not talking about the jugs, he's talking about the oil. So, I'm asking for oil, you never, you, you denied the whole thing. And then, um, and what you answered, I'm only asking for oil, and you're only answering jugs. We're not talking about the same thing. And that's why it's not called Maidibimitis. Okay, next, we'll just do the next Mishnah and then we'll stop. We learned before, we learned before that uh, the parents would make a certain promise of dowry for their kids and the kids would get engaged. And even though there was no contract, nothing, parents are obligated to fulfill, to, to meet their uh, promises. What happens if the, the father-in-law didn't give a dowry, he promised a hair and a hint, he gave nothing. So the son-in-law says, we're not, you know, we're engaged, but not going ahead and get married. I'm going to find some other wife. But I'm also not giving you a divorce. If your father wants you to be free or get married, let him pay off the dowry. So um, what happens in this case? 
father-in-law promised a certain amount of money for son-in-law. Today, that expression, means somebody went bankrupt. But here, most of the say it can't really mean bankrupt because later on the Gemara is going to talk about different options when the Brisa says, let's force, and one of the options, let's force the father-in-law. If he has no money, bankrupt, what are you going to force him? Rashi says that, um, that it's a derision. It's, um, he's saying, uh, you want me to, get, to pay the dowry? Go find the sand that's underneath my foot. He stretches out his foot and he says, yeah, you see the sand underneath my foot? That's what you're getting. That's partial He stretches out his foot and he says, take the sand and I'll need my foot. Then I said, he heard, it means you can hang me up on the tree and I'll be sh shake me out and go to the bottom of my foot. You won't find the red sand, which more, which is more likely that he's like bankrupt. So the first shot is, I don't want to give you. He's miserly. And the second shot is, I am bankrupt. So says the Mishnah, she sits there, she's stuck in limbo until her hair grows gray. You cannot force the chassan to marry or give a divorce. The chassan has every right to say to the father-in-law, pay me out. Now, why doesn't the Bezna intervene and force the father-in-law to pay? We don't do that. So the shame talk about it. Either some of the shame is say when Abgidl said before in the name of Rab, that when they make up to give dowries and the children get engaged, then it's considered uh, like a Kenyan, is only if they get engaged straight away. But if they get engaged a month later and it wasn't raised again about this uh, this dowry, then we say that they got engaged, nothing to do with the dowry. It's no longer a Kenyan. And it will be a mensch, kind for the parents to, to, you know, to live up to their promises. But we cannot, in the court of law, force it. So this whole din of Hain and Nikamid is only if it happens straight away, if they get the kids get engaged right afterwards. The other shame hold, we say it makes no difference. They can get engaged six months later. If, if the parents made up and then later got engaged, it's a Kenyan because they're so happy that their children got engaged. Then this is what I was talking about, where they got in, where they made up the dowry after they got engaged. The kids got engaged already, and then they sat down to work on the dowry. So it's not legally binding, and that's why the best can intervene. Says the Mishnah further. Adma says, no, it's not fair on the girl. What do you want from the girl? Why are you punishing her? She can say, if I would have been the one who made this promise, that you're right. I should sit it out until I'm prepared to... Uh, Adhere to my promises. But after Abba my father made the promise. Mani what not for me? either marry me, or give me a divorce. I like what Admin has to say. Okay, then the Gemara brings a price and that says a little bit differently and it's interesting Gemara. Okay, we'll stop over here.